Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, Canadian Poultry, Drainage Contractor, and The Trough Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Bayer believes in recognizing and promoting women across every facet of Canadian agriculture. Whether it's supporting the next generation of female farmers or lending space on our website to help female-led businesses build their brands and products, Bayer believes in continuing to farm for change and for a better future with women in agriculture. And of course, Bayer is very proud to support influential women in Canadian agriculture. Welcome back to another edition of our IWCA podcast series. I'm today's host, Agriculture Editor Bree Rohde, and today I have the pleasure of bringing you my conversation with Dr. Judith Naranja. Widely recognized as a leader and innovator in regenerative soil management, Judith has led or co-led a number of national projects, including the Living Laboratory Atlantic Canada Project. She's an active advocate for the Living Lab concept. And beyond her research, she has mentored two summer students every summer for the past decade and has also served as an adjunct professor at Dalhousie and Laval Universities. In this conversation, we discuss her passion for work, the quality she feels she brings to every project, and what keeps her passion for agriculture alive. Well, thank you so much for making the time for us. So, uh, Judith, why don't, why don't we start from the beginnings of your career? Can you tell me I guess, just what led you down this career path? Um, you know, what interest did you have that led you to pursuing uh, this discipline? Yes. So um, I grew up in uh, Central East Africa in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And um, Rwanda, it's, 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 a, it's a, an agricultural country. So agriculture is very important. In high school, I was interested in uh, science classes. Mm-hmm. And but I wanted um, to pursue uh, graduate studies in um, applied science. Mm-hmm. So agriculture was the best fit for that. So I got uh, an undergrad degree in agronomy, mm-hmm. and after I graduated, I was lucky to have a scholarship uh, to pursue master degree in soil science. And then I got a PhD degree in soil and environment. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where I got to be a soil scientist. And what led you to AAFC? What was your career path like after you obtained your PhD? After you obtained the PhD, I was a postdoc at Quebec Research mm-hmm. Center with AFC. And I uh, have always been interested in assessing um, regenerative soil management practices Mm -hmm. and evaluating the impact on soil health and nutrient cycling. And a position was opened at AFC in Charlottetown, and that's how I got here. Right. So we already talked about your background and what brought you into this field of agriculture, but what I'd love to talk about more is what you're doing now and what your day-to-day kind of looks like at your current role. Okay, so what I'm doing, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, 
currently um, I'm working on a living lab project, what I'm reading. And what we are doing, we are assessing uh, different uh, soil regenerative management practices, mm -hmm. including uh, cover cropping, the use of soil amendment, and reduced tillage intensity. Mm -hmm. And as a soil scientist, I focus more on the impact on nitrogen cycling, uh, soil health, and crop productivity. So my day-to-day -day, uh, um, tasks include, uh, depending on the season, but it's uh, feed activities and research assistants normally they coordinate the activities. And uh, most of the time I am in meetings and then uh, data analysis, statistical analysis, and also writing to disseminate results in meetings. So it can be uh, presentations or scientific publications. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about your particular role and the research that you're doing? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting answer. It's, uh, what I like most is more the challenging side of my focus mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, the soil regenerative management practices are context dependent. So every farm is different. And I am always challenged and excited at the same time when it comes to that interpretation, because there are so many factors affecting the results and which make difference when you compare two sites. Hmm. And uh, with soil regenerative practices, um, which is something I actually don't know much about myself, why is it this something that the average Canadian or average Canadian farmer should care about? Yes, um, the soil is it's not a renewable resource, right? Mm. So we ask too much the soil to produce food, mm. but in the long run, if we don't regenerate the soil, so the productivity will decrease, but also we can impact negatively the environment. So it's very important also to look on that side of, yes, we want the soil to produce more, we input more input in terms of like nutrient, but actually if you don't uh, include the regenerative management practices, no matter how much input you will put in your soil, but you won't see the productivity increasing. Mm -hmm. Now, based on uh, how long you've been doing this work, what are some things that you foresee as either challenges or opportunities in this area mm -hmm. and maybe things that you're looking forward to tackling in future years? Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, the agriculture is weather dependent mm -hmm. and the weather is changing. So I think it's going to be more challenging you know, to um, implement agriculture uh, to minimize the impact on the environment and to sustain crop productivity. So I am foreseeing an extended collaboration among professionals because the um, effects and the challenges are, are complex. So we need that collaboration but also we need uh, to adapt. We need to adapt to embrace new technologies 
we hear more about precision agriculture and people who are uh, specialized in machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we can now have um, an extended um, amount of information, even remotely, you know, without measuring the soil, we can have information based on a satellite. But the challenge now is to be able to uh, interpret that information and to make a sense and to tell the grower what those information are telling us. So I think uh, the future I am seeing is the extended collaboration, but also people focusing on seeing how we can mitigate the climate change. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Uh, now, in the context of your role and on your team, um, I guess, how do, you, how do you view yourself within the context of a team? Uh, and I don't just mean in terms of the, uh, the skills that you bring, the hard skills or uh, your day-to-day -day duties. Um, I know some people, they view themselves as a leader or a supporter. Or what are some of the, I guess, less tangible skills or facets of your personality that you think make yourself fit well on the team? Good question. Um, I think I'm a good listener. And uh, uh, so in a team, I value everyone's contribution. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's probably my strength to be, to be able to, 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 to listen and to value everyone's contribution. Mm -hmm. And uh, my last question about uh, your, your work. What is your proudest achievement of your career so far within the capacity of your work that you've done? Yeah, the list can, can be long, but I will try to, to summarize quickly, uh, uh, starting with the most recent achievement. I would say uh, I contributed significantly to the writing up of the Living Lab Atlantic mm -hmm. and the implementation of the project. And this was a, a big project. And the, the beauty of the project is the collaboration uh, between uh, scientists and stakeholders to enhance uh, soil health and water quality. Mm -hmm. um, another example I can give, I did say it, it was the uh, work we have been focusing in the last years on soil regenerative management practices I think we, um, the research uh, results, um, help growers to make informed decision about what are the options to regenerate the soil, uh, reducing the impact on the environment uh, while sustaining the crop productivity. Mm -hmm. Another example I can give is um, uh, we provided uh, tools to growers to manage efficiently so uh, fossil fertilizer, we uh, identified um, critical values above which the phosphor transport to the environment will increase in PEI, and also a critical value above which uh, the potato crop will not respond to the phosphor fertilizer. So that helped really uh, the growers uh, to reduce the input and save money. Mm. One last example I can give is a project I'm involved with the PI Department of Agriculture and Land. It's a project initiated 25 years ago and it's called the PI Soil Quality Monitoring Project. It's at the scale of the island. 
And my role in this project is to coordinate data analysis and writing updated reports. And what I enjoy more about this is it can show the growers uh, the temporal and spatial variability of soil fertility related um, parameters such as soil pH, um, soil carbon, and other nutrient, they can see where the changes are happening across time, and then they can make, um, you know, change their management to improve the situation. And those are just examples. And it's tough to summarize um, our achievement in the past 20 years, but those are just some examples I can give. No, I think those are great examples. Now, you mentioned that you enjoy that you get to mentor others. Um, I'm curious, who have been some of your biggest mentors throughout uh, your career? I have had many, uh, of course, supervisors. Um, actually, most of them were women. So I did honor a thesis at the end of my bachelor degree. My supervisor was a woman. And my supervisor during my master's degree was also a woman, and for my postdoc was a woman. So I did have uh, strong mentors and supervisors, and I cannot take credit of everything I have learned. Well, of course, it's it it definitely takes a village in that sense. Um, have you found then throughout, uh, you know, from your undergraduate to now, have you found that in your particular area, there is a bit more of a gender balance than, say, you know, the actual farming aspects of agriculture? Have you found that it's always been fairly balanced? I would not say that it's balanced. I think um, women are still underrepresented in my area of work. I would really like to see uh, more girls considering to pursue their careers in agriculture mm -hmm. because there is really a diversity of opportunities. Uh, people who enjoy just being outside, there are jobs for them. People who enjoy sciences or economics, there are really many opportunities in agriculture. Do you enjoy the stories shared in our IWCA podcast series? Now you have the chance to be in the room with our influential women in Canadian agriculture. Join us in Hamilton on November 7th, 2023 for a day of networking, panels, and honoring women in ag. For more information and tickets, go to agwomen.ca. Our current early bird rate only lasts until September 30th. And uh, similarly, in the same vein, what do you think have been some of your biggest challenges, whether it be the logistics of your career, personal time management? What are some of the things that you've struggled with or had to overcome throughout uh, your career? Probably one of my most biggest challenge I faced it was probably when I decided to um, attend a master program in an English-speaking environment when my English was not um, strong enough. Mm -hmm. So I was offered an opportunity to uh, pursue a master program at Michigan State University. And during my undergrad, I have taken only two English courses, and that was it. So to be able to uh, get admitted at Michigan State University, 
I needed to uh, succeed to um, assessment. So one was the language, another one was a test, it was called GRE, so that's graduate uh, record examination. Uh-huh. So I remember we were a group of people uh, who were, were going to attend um, universities in the USA, and we spent six months to prepare for those tests. Mm-hmm. After that, we, um, we arrived uh, at Michigan State in July, and we did take writing courses in summer, and then in September, we started our program. So I found the beginning was challenging just to get used to the American accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably what I have learned from that is if we really, you can see something as a challenge to the beginning, but can actually be turned in a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, just as you mentioned that it's not quite gender balanced and you would like there to be an or you would like more women and girls to take advantage of opportunities. Um, do you find that there are challenges or barriers uh, facing um, people whose uh, English is not their first language or uh, new immigrants to Canada and the U.S.? Do you find that there are still a lot of systemic barriers in place when it comes to pursuing an ag career in that in that sense? I think in Canada, it's it's well positioned in terms of being welcoming country with uh, multiculturalism mm-hmm. but for sure uh, if we have uh, two candidates and one is native English speaker another one is a second or fourth language mm-hmm. uh, definitely the person who has to overcome those barriers has to work harder than another person who does not have a language barrier mm-hmm. So uh, when you're working with people you mentor, um, uh, whether they be young women or young people who English is not their first language, new Canadians, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice that you tend to focus on? I tend to focus on telling them that no one is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell them if they like what they do, they will achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to uh, collaborate and to network with other students mm-hmm. because they can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And language is one aspect, but if they like what they do, science, it's like almost have universal language if you understand chemistry or math, it does not matter if you are an active English speaker or not. But I really try to encourage them also to enjoy uh, the time they spend with us. Uh, just It's not just a degree, it's also to network with people and to enjoy the time they are here because uh, most of the time can be two or four years. It has to be a good time and something they will remember. Mm-hmm. Now you've mentioned uh, kind of the challenges and the big hump that you had to take with uh, going to Michigan and uh, and I'm sure that was probably also a bit of a career risk. What are some other uh, big uh, risks you've taken or kind of big moves you've made uh, in the interest of your career? I think one example I can give you is 
when I decided to continue my doctoral program with a young child and giving birth to my second child halfway my PhD program. Wow. I found that it was challenging and I had to learn to prioritize and to be disciplined and to have a good uh, uh, time management skill. And um, I think that what I learned really from that time is when you like what you do, then we also find the time to um, achieve your goals. Mm. Now, uh, one thing that comes up every year when we do the summit and these podcasts is uh, the idea of balance and how it does feel harder for women because they have more obligations as caregivers, both to their children or to their parents. Um, do you find uh, balance and time management when it comes to balancing work and non-work is some, do you find that something you've achieved pretty well, or is that a process that you're still uh, working to solve? No, I think I have achieved it. Of course, you know, that there, there, there is a room for improvement. But um, um, as I said, during my PhD program, I think that's why I really started to, to work on that. But it's it's a continuous process because um, now my, my, my kids are, are like teenagers, like 19, 17 years old, mm -hmm. and they're all involved in sport. I think... My agenda is not only for my work. I always have two agendas in my mind. Who has a game and which time is. Then when we have supper, I have to scan my week, like on weekends to know what is coming this week. Hmm. So I think like my brain has to navigate of, uh, for work-related and personal life um, program. Mm -hmm. So uh, my last question, I always like to take a look ahead. Um, what are, as you look, uh, particularly in your field in soil sciences and research, um, what are some things about opportunities in the field or maybe the way it's grown that make you excited for the future of it, as well as excited for the future of women entering agriculture? Okay. Um, I can give an example of... Um, so living lab approach we are using, uh, I found it exciting and it's something I would like to see continuing. So the living lab approach is um, a way we are collaborating with our stakeholders. So we are collaborating with them to shape research project and we collaborate from the beginning to the end. So we are getting together to identify environmental issues we are facing. Mm -hmm. And we are discussing together how we can address those challenges. And then we discuss together the management practices we want to implement to achieve our goals. So mm -hmm. I found that framework to be very interesting because our growers, they, they take ownership of the research results we are obtaining. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, also the scientists, they can see, uh, they can see their impact right away in uh, growers' community. Thank you for listening to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast brought to you by the agricultural brands of Annex Business Media. 
You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit agannex.com to catch up on all our other episodes. Thank you.